Welcome to episode 12 of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is my very close friend, Jake Felstow, drummer for Yam House, and here is your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, really excited to talk to Jake uh, on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I do that, I just want to talk about a little full circle experience Mm -hmm. that we had very, very recently. Um, So it was just a few weeks ago, episode seven, that we interviewed my daughter, Kelsey, and her husband, Ben, on their journey from infertility to parenthood. And Taylor, you shared a bit of your story with that, and especially connected to your time over a year ago down at the same house, our relative's house in Florida. Mm-hmm. And all of us were there together just very, very recently, mm-hmm. and you kind of had a full circle moment there that was just awesome. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so referencing the fact that I was there doing some getting away and prayer and fasting, and that's when Ben and Kelsey had texted us in the timeline saying, hey we really need a miracle. Please pray and fast. So I, you know, had a lot of focused time praying and fasting. I remember being bedside praying in one of the guest rooms at um, our family's house and feeling like the Lord, I just got this, you know, call it a vision from the Lord of being in a hospital, holding a baby boy in 2020. And that's Mm -hmm. what really sparked like faith for me to say, if that's real, I'm not going to stop praying Mm. because I just felt real for a moment. And I just got so excited and stirred to faith. So we were all there together with baby Zane. And what's cool is I got a picture holding him kneeling at the bedside where I felt that like, it was just crazy. (laughs) It was so crazy to look down and see the real baby, like looking at me and, you know, breathing and trying to smile. Baby boy that was born in 2020. Born in 2020 Mm, in the spot that I just felt that, you know, spark to faith. So pretty cool story. That was, that was so awesome Mm -hmm. and has been so awesome. And, uh, we've just been having such a great time watching him grow up. He, Mm -hmm. uh, recently turned three months and he's starting to do his, his baby talking and oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, uh, I don't like it when I go more than a, a day without seeing him. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, yeah, so that was great. Well, we are excited to have our friend Jake, um, who, yes, does play drums for Yam House, a group that is rapidly growing mm-hmm. in popularity, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, but we really want to talk about first is just uh, our relationship with how we know each other because there's a lot of cool stories there. And yeah, you guys are are really good friends mm-hmm. and now even connected through family, which you can talk about. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Taylor, why don't you and Jake, uh, well, first of all, let me just say, yes. Jake, welcome to the <laughs> Worship is Live podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it, Todd, Taylor. Woo! You guys are amazing. Honored to be part of it. So fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun because, uh, so we've, uh, I meant to do a little bit <clears throat> more date research, Jake. We've known each other for, I don't know, six years now? I yeah, think, right? So, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. North Central Days. Um, I did PSEO, was in high school and college. And so what's crazy, you know, we shared that story already in this podcast. If I wouldn't have done that when I did that, you would have graduated before I started, probably, as an actual freshman. So I think we really wow. only overlapped in my post-secondary years yeah, or something close to that, which is crazy to think. Like, we ended up touring together, and that none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a part of that. Yeah. So crazy. And so same yeah. friend group, you know, 11-week tour that summer of 2016, I think it was, yeah. which is five, coming up on five years ago, which is crazy. It's nuts. Um, and 
Uh, and along with that, I'll I have something to share about that in a second. I remember, you know, a bunch, you know, you, me, and our good friend Jesse being like, okay, how can we be related? What does this look like? And and then you and I praying for strategizing. And then yeah. you married Ben Freetag's sister Lindsay, who's Ben's my brother-in-law. So we were like, we're kind of related. And then we realized <laughs> if Ben and Kelsey have a miracle baby. We'll share a nephew. <laughs> yes. We'll be shared uncles. So now we're literally yep. shared uncles to yep. the same baby. And that was cool because you guys were praying just, you know, with everybody else for yeah. that baby. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So that's really fun. Now, real quick, to celebrate five years of, you know, whatever you want to call it, friendship, uh, touring, I brought a couple mementos really quick that Uh-oh. I Uh-oh. Here we go. You can see I sharpied that into our to-do list here. <laughs> so um, a couple things that come to mind from our summer together that I saw hanging around my studio because these are here for memories and I want these people to hear the the plastic bag that I've been hiding everything in so here's so the hat right from our tour oh yeah I don't know if you've seen one of those in a while burn the ships tour but that with Stephen Witt <laughs> yep, that Stephen hangs Witt. up there in my studio so I can always remember <laughs> cool. it and yep. then uh, something else um I don't know if you remember what our summer looked like. <laughs> this is the Frisbee. The Frisbee. This is the this one? This is the one. Oh, man. Because I bought this Frisbee, just got into it. So every time we'd stop with a van, big tour life hack here. You just pull out a Frisbee at a gas station, stretch your legs, do whatever. And everyone would make fun of me because it's like a light-up Frisbee. We'd play in dark. Dude, watch this. Does it still work? Wow. It's still less. That's impressive. <laughs> Five years later with the same <laughs> did, battery. Did you retire this Frisbee? It's after, retired, yes. After our tour. Because I didn't want to lose it. So it sits somewhere in the studio at all times just as a memento. And it actually had got shoved under the couch, and I forgot about it. And then I saw it last time. I was like, wait a second. Very special this to is me. Very it was under the couch. Moment. I forgot about it. And the last but not least thing is something that I got majorly ridiculed for that we need to talk about. So <laughs> I can't believe this, you just is pulled this a up. $40 neck pillow. $40 neck pillow that we we stopped one time. I walked into Walmart, and I bought this neck pillow for $40, and it's like a state-of-the-art neck pillow. This is not an ad, but it's the, the, the nicest one out there. Yeah. And I got back into the van with this around my neck, and they were like, how much money did you just spend on that? Like, we're budgeting our meals and all this stuff, and I, like, was so embarrassed to say. I was just, like, confident. You know what? $40, and Jake railed me for a long time just for me to find out oh boy. when he joins the Van Yam house, and he's living in a van, you know, here yep. and there. Yeah. I get a picture of him with... The same color, the same <laughs> brand, the same dollar amount. Never. So I just had to bring that up really quick. I can't even believe it. I, I'm really glad. I think I needed that kind of check today just to remind myself. I know. You had no idea we were going to do any of that. But no, just, just goes to say we have like a gazillion memories together. Yeah, and a lot of my favorite traveling and musical moments happened. You know, we could talk for a long time about that. And uh, just a, a very special summer. And part of what's made you such a close friend in my life, because I was on bass guitar, mm-hmm. which was unique for me, a, a new thing for me, and you were on drums. So we were the rhythm section for that whole summer, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. we were. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, dad. Yeah, so Jake and I um, have had lots of connection points along the way as well. Um, and so our great friends and um, have had opportunity to, just like Taylor, minister together uh, in services, on music teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, so I, I'm trying to – I don't have as good memories, Taylor. <laughs> so didn't, didn't the three of us play together at – 
like a Minnesota pastor spouse conference, we, we right? Did. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, mm. And then did we did we do a did we do a worship live thing together at camp? Did we do that? Because I've played with so many of those teams I don't know if at camp, and I don't know if we did that. I, I don't think we did. Okay. I, it almost feels like we did. It, I know. It feels <laughs> like we did. Um, uh, yeah. So, Jake, what, do you, what, do, what, are, what are your some, some of your recollections about uh, our connection? Yeah. I mean, my earliest one is actually leading into the tour uh, in 2016 that mm. Taylor learned bass for. Mm-hmm. And we had this team of eight people, and we said you know what? A lot of us are graduating. We feel really passionate. There's a lot of churches, a lot of youth camps and, um, people that we feel like we need to connect with this Mm. summer. And we said, let's try to plan our own tour. And it was a crazy journey. But in that planning process, I remember we said, it'd be really good to have a mentor in this and someone that we can glean from and, uh, just kind of hear what they have to say about worship, but just prepping us, you know, in a really real way, you know, a spiritual leader. And we thought of you right away. Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, Mm -hmm. Taylor, you know, threw you out or Steven, um, because I don't think I knew you super well previous to that. Yeah. But that that was my earliest recollection. And you would meet with us. Yeah. Pretty pretty regularly leading up to the tour. Yeah. And I remember we talked a lot about worship is life at the time and it was pretty fresh into you starting. Yeah. Uh, Very fresh. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half probably. Yeah. One of those, one of those times I think we met like in the board meeting room at North Central there. Right. So that Uh was kind Mm -hmm. of a special place Mm -hmm. to have one of those sessions. Yeah. That was awesome. And that was a great tour that you guys had. Um, Yeah. And then we've just hung out with you just being such great friends with Taylor and now married into the family and being at the wedding and it's um, crazy. And, I know. and you don't live crazy. that far away from us now. So you're actually uh, in the house here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's fun being face to face with this interview. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, just great, great friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the best kind of friendships mm-hmm. when you're, you're so close that it, I mean, it literally feels like family. Mm-hmm. And now, in some ways, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. I know, I love it. yeah. And actually, you have that kind of relationship, Jake, with so many people, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the main reasons we have you on this podcast because of how your life is exemplary in making every person feel special. And we'll get into that. But um, before that, uh, just tell our listeners just a little more about your background, about your family, where you came from, how you got here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a town called Macomb, Michigan. I'm a Michigander, (laughs) so it's uh, about an hour outside of Detroit. And... uh, so yeah. you know where Ypsilanti is then? Uh, I do, yeah. I, I didn't go there too too often, but yeah, I do. Yeah, that's where I did my North Central College internship, Ypsilanti, oh, Michigan. Oh, yep. wow. Look at that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Yeah, so I grew up in Macomb uh, in the suburbs. I have my, my parents and then one little sister and uh, had an awesome, yeah, growing up experience. Mm. I uh, loved... Yeah, school, loved being um, in that area. I think it was a really good place to to grow up. I mean, I, I wasn't near the city too often. Detroit during that time was in a little bit of a different state. And so, yeah, we didn't go down in the city too often. So mm. I was always in the suburbs, but kind of always craving um, 
to see a different part of the world and kind of go somewhere new. And so even, you know, early high school, I was kind of dreaming up, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I feel like I need to um, move somewhere else for college when I was thinking about college at the time. But um, all I have to say, family is great. My little sister is uh, two and a half years younger than me. She uh, studied marketing in college and she's still living back home in Michigan. All my family's pretty much back there. I think Mm -hmm. I'm the only person that actually uh, moved away from Mm -hmm. that area. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, love them and miss uh, seeing them regularly. Yeah. Amazing family. We, part of what was fun about our tour is we stopped pretty much, I think at every one of our family's spots, every member of our tour. So I got to know your family really well that summer and just love, you know, love those guys so much. They're awesome. Yeah. So, and Jake, you have married into the same family that my daughter has married into. So we're connected in that way too. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the story of uh, your and Lindsay's relationship and the beginning stages of that and where you guys are now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Lindsay and I met at college uh, in North Central University and uh, loosely just kind of met her through you know, friends and, mm-hmm. uh, we have a good friend, Taylor and I, you mentioned Jesse, mm-hmm. who, uh, is one of our close friends. And we were in his apartment one night. It was kind of the gathering place in college yeah, where it was. we kind of all just ended up there no matter what was going on <laughs> all the time throughout our day. It was kind of just the, the place where we would, I don't know, build friendship and make meals together. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, it was a special, unique time in life. And I remember one random uh, weekday, I went over to his apartment that evening and there were a couple girls there that I had not, uh, recognized <laughs> and one of them being Lindsay. And, uh, I, I don't know, they somehow got connected to Jesse and became friends and they were just kind of hanging out mm-hmm. over there. And I remember it just being such a fun, uh, organic kind of night where I think we watched the Grinch, how the Grinch <laughs> stole Christmas. <laughs> Which was uh, really fun and got to meet Lindsay for the first time. And yeah, throughout the next couple of years, we just became good friends mm-hmm. and um, a group of friends after I graduated took a really fun uh, road trip to Glacier National Park and uh, yeah, just great experiences. And um, yeah, after knowing each other for like four and a half years or so mm-hmm. um, and still being in each other's lives and kind of always thinking, you know, oh, I wonder if something's there. We just decided to try dating and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And you guys been married how long now? Seven months. Wow. Yeah. Goes quick. That is crazy. Actually. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful. I haven't even hit the one year mark yet. Beautiful. Beautiful. Crazy. Yeah. We were there of course. And, um, Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful relationship. Yeah, you, guys, you guys played a big role in that wedding between uh, mm-hmm. your family. Tr- yeah, that's true. So I, I, I think I was, let's see, I don't know what role I was relegated to, but <laughs> but my wife Brenda was coordinating and Kelsey was, of course. Matron of Honor. Yeah, that's right. Matron of Honor, yeah. Uh-huh. And Taylor was, was a groomsman, uh-huh. right? Yep. Yeah, and I think I was just watching someone's baby or something. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Um, but I was there, I was there cheering everybody on. Helping out as you always do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Jake, um, as you know, you know, our, our ministry, which this podcast is built upon is just continuing to, 
to connect the idea of worship to the idea of relationship. Um, and, um, you know, you just have a reputation and it's been observed in our family as well of, of just how kind and how loving you are just to every person, regardless of who they are, their status. And, um, I know it can be awkward to talk about your, <laughs> talk about yourself <laughs> when it comes to that. But at the same time, um, I want our listeners to hear the different stories from people about what is, what brought you to become this type of person that really is the type of person that God calls mm-hmm. each one of us to be. So, so without being embarrassed, without feeling awkward, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, speak into that, whether that be your upbringing or whether that be just a particular moment that was mm-hmm. transforming for you because of your relationship with God, um, you know, how you would articulate, because you're, because you're also a deep thinker. It's, it's, you're just not like this, f- you know, fly by night person that just loves everybody. Like you're a very deep thinker. You think about, you think about the why behind the what. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So talk. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Todd mm-hmm. for saying all that. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a great question. And I, I, you kind of prefaced me a little bit when you asked me to do this podcast and you mentioned, um, a little bit of that and it kind of got me just thinking ahead of time, like, okay, I wonder where some of this came from. Cause mm-hmm. some of it I know, and I, I'll get to that, but the, the first part of it, cause I feel like, um, my parents had a, had a big piece in this and, uh, just to shout out <laughs> them because yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. And, um, even more than that, when I was growing up, uh, I don't even think I realized it until later. They valued people mm. big time, mm. just mm-hmm. the way they treated people, the way that they were friends to people, um, the way they went out of their way for other people. Mm. I, I think I just saw it all growing up. Mm. Um, and, uh, that wasn't that, that isn't the norm for everybody. Um, but now looking back, it's crazy because, uh, when I grew up, I wasn't even, uh, we, we weren't even in a Christian environment. You know, that's the interesting thing. Like hmm. when I was uh, a little kid, um, but the crazy thing is outside of that experience before that even shifted in my family, um, uh, my parents still really valued this going into them. And I mean, that has to do with their yeah. parents raising them that way. Yep. But, um, they really instilled that in me, um, in a very natural way where it just felt like, Oh, when there's people that are in your life, you go out of your way for them. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to treat them well. You're going to treat them with kindness. Like if, um, you're celebrating something, you're going to be there to celebrate if, um, mm. they need help. Uh, with a project, like I just remember, yeah, neighbors that were surrounding, you know, our house whenever they needed help, my dad would be over there mm. you know, doing stuff to help mm-hmm. and I, everyone in the neighborhood. I mean, it was crazy. The hmm. neighborhood I grew up in. That's cool. And I, I, I thought this was normal and now getting older, I'm seeing it's like not quite as normal <laughs> anymore, but I mean, my parents were friends with, I felt like everybody in our neighborhood growing up wow. and, um, yeah, would go out of their way for any one of them. Hmm. And, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So I think initially that has a, a huge part to do with it mm-hmm. is the way that my parents and grandparents both, you know, just kind of taught me to like treat people with kindness and treat people well. And, 
you can take that for what it is. I mean, sometimes people have like really well-meaning parents and, um, the kids, you know, kind of go a different direction, but I think I saw the value in it, Mm -hmm. um, from an early age. So I think that's one aspect, but I mean, more than that, uh, as I got older and I was in eighth grade, uh, there was a shift in my family where, uh, my mom felt like she was missing something big time. Mm. My mom and my dad both, but, um, my mom felt like we needed to take an action step and, uh, my uncle had been inviting us to their church for a lot of years and praying for us. Little did we know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so we ended up going to, uh, this church and trying it out for the first time. Hmm. And I remember that being a huge shifting point for yeah. my family. Um, yeah, cause there's one thing and I've realized this as I have gotten older, but there's one thing about being nice and being kind to people. Um, but it's another thing when, uh, Christ is in that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. When, yep. when, yep. um, you're, you're not just doing it for the sake of pleasing people or being nice to people, but you're doing it because you see intrinsic value in people. Mm. And so I think that was a shifting point for me mm. once my family started to realize, oh, this is a relationship with Christ that we get to have. And, uh, I think that's where it shifted. It's like, oh, this matters to like value people, to treat people well, go out of your way. But even more than that, like people have intrinsic value that you want to show them. And I think I Mm. felt that, you know, thank God I felt that growing up, you know, from family, from friends and, Mm. um, things like that. And, uh, yeah, I think as I was getting older, I was like, I want people to feel that too. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. That's great. So, when you're walking through life, whether it's planned interactions with people or just unplanned interactions with people, um, do you feel like it just, as a result of the things you just described, just kind of flows naturally? Um, or is it something you're just like really intentional about and always asking the Lord to help you in that? Or, or, is it a combination of the two? Are you able to put words to that at all? Mm, yeah, I think it's a, it's for sure a both and. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's moments where the people that uh, you like being around mm-hmm. and really enjoy it, not not just like you know certain people that, but people that you really enjoy being around, like Taylor and mm-hmm. you know Utah, like people that are close close friends. I mean, it's so natural to mm. you know want to be kind and want to like, um, yeah, go out of your way for them Mm -hmm. in that way. So there's aspects of that that come really natural. And, um, I think a lot of it has to do with like how you're doing, you know, on Mm. the inside, like Mm. health wise, like Mm -hmm. when I'm at my healthiest, I feel like all of it comes natural, Mm. you know, no matter who you're coming in contact Mm. with. Mm -hmm. Um, which yeah, that's, that's key. That is key. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Um, That's good. But then, you know, there's of course moments where I think it takes intentionality too. And that's okay to say like, yeah, to do things that, uh, the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. Um, you, I wouldn't say that always is a natural thing Mm -hmm. because (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think there's moments where it shouldn't feel natural, you know, and there's moments where, um, you're going to be put in environments and into people's lives that you're not naturally going to wind up in that space or in that moment or talking to that person. And, um, 
I think a lot of times I'll, I'll notice it when I'm, I don't know, just out and about like at a store, uh, or a restaurant. Um, I'll just see, see people and, uh, try to view them with empathy Hmm. and try to see them where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, just in the small conversations that I have. And if there's ever a moment where I feel like I need to speak up and say something that's going to encourage them, I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as that, just like speaking encouragement into someone's life. And, um, it feels, it does feel natural. Like I said, when you know that you're supposed to do it, Mm -hmm. like you're, yeah, being Mm -hmm. led to do something like that. And then there's moments where maybe you still feel like you should do it and it doesn't feel as natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, it takes more of a, you know, step to actually get there. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Is there anything? Go ahead, Taylor. It's interesting to me because <clears throat> you mentioned how sometimes it feels natural, sometimes it doesn't to do that. And I've been really aware of that in my own life. And afterwards, when you know you're supposed to do something like that, it's one of the most rewarding feelings. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, it matters. I mean, it matters a ton how I'm doing in my heart. But I've found that encouraging others can tend to be um, what lifts my spirit the most especially when you just heart starts pounding, you got to walk up to this, you know, waiter or something and you just know they need to hear something and it's very difficult to do. Um, I've, I've learned to say it this way. Um, I tend to be thriving outside of my comfort zone. Like we tend to want to live in our comfort zone. And then when you step out of that, you're not, you're not comfortable anymore. But when you do something, you know, you're supposed to do out of your comfort zone. The reward is just like, you know, the feeling of accomplishment, the reality of an investment you made in somebody when it go, it went against everything inside you, you know, it's just a powerful thing. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good, Taylor. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, you said, you said valuing people and, um, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast yet, but one of the things that our family has gotten into, um, Routine is not a good word, but we just we do it each and every time that whenever we're at a restaurant where we have a, a server come to us. Mm-hmm. And um, just several years ago, we just made the decision. Uh, this is an opportunity. This is a brief relationship, but it's a, a relationship. And we're going to value this person as a person mm-hmm. and not our servant. Mm-hmm. And so every time. Uh, and yeah, sometimes it's, you feel, you know, you feel that you feel that, Oh, you oh, gotta yeah. build, you the gotta build it up, build yeah. it up within you because you know, um, you know, this is going to be an unusual experience for them. Mm-hmm. And so you're build. matter of fact, one time, um, when we asked this, this woman, if there was something that we could pray for, for her, as we blessed our, our meal, she stopped and she said, I've been working here for 20 years and no one has ever asked me that question. Wow. I mean, I was, I was, I was like shocked and saddened. Um, when I think about, you know, all the different people she's served in that, mm-hmm. including Christians, you know, yeah. in that, yeah. in that restaurant. And, but when I just think of all the different responses that we've had and, I mean, I should mm-hmm. have been keeping a journal cause we've done it. I, I would imagine hundreds of times now. Um, but you see, you, however they respond, you can just see in their response that, oh my goodness, 
I'm walking around here feeling like a servant, and now all of a sudden I'm being valued as a person. It's wow. pretty crazy. And the responses that we've had, sometimes just tears, sometimes just shock and stunning, don't even know what to, to say, or, yeah, or some like, oh, I got to think about that for a minute. But anyway, just the whole point of valuing people, valuing people in every setting is is what God calls us to do. And, and it's just, it's powerful because it's life. Mm. It's life. It's the purpose of life. Something I was going to add to that. Uh, I was trying to think back on any moments I've had in my life where I've kind of stepped out or maybe just said something simple to someone that I didn't know that well. Mm. I don't think I've ever had it backfire. Mm. Yeah. I don't think right. I've ever had somebody um, not receive it well mm -hmm. because that's what I've realized. Like everybody needs encouragement. Yeah, everybody, everybody needs, needs it. To, yep. a reminder that they have value, yeah. that someone um, cares about them. Someone is, you know, noticing them and seeing them where they are mm -hmm. yeah. uh, or appreciating whatever little thing um, they may be doing, yeah. you know, in that moment that you're, you're sharing. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, there's, there's something there. There's something special there because mm -hmm. yeah, you can't, uh, you can't get to know every single person on a very deep level, but if you are just going to have a small interaction and actually, um, man, this is, this is kind of cool. But, uh, my grandpa used to say this, um, mm. and, uh, he would, he would do this really well. And maybe here's another way that I, uh, would see it growing up, but, mm -hmm. uh, at dry in drive throughs you know, picking up food or mm. restaurants mm. He always had this phrase. He'd say, "Keep them smiling." <laughs> wow! And it was just—it was very simple and but really wow, well-meaning. Yeah, He's just cool. like, "Keep them smiling," hmm. and he would always—he wow. would know the right little one-liner or right little mm -hmm. joke mm -hmm. just to make them smile or laugh and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, know that uh, hmm. somebody cares. Yeah. So. And obviously, huh. Jesus modeled that as we read about his life in the scriptures. Um, I think you can make an argument that one of the reasons that the crowds followed him is because he valued people. Mm -hmm. He showed people that he valued them. Um, and some would say that that's why so many women followed him because it was a, he was living in a culture that did not value women. And when this amazing teacher and miracle worker came along and was valuing That's women, cool. mm. um, they were they were obviously drawn to that. And so just the, the truth and the reality of that. Um, um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, speak to us a little bit, um, you know, because again, you, you mentioned that it's different dynamic when it's coming out of um, a desire that, that you know that you want to value people because God values people and God is in you and calls you to value people. Mm -hmm. And so that comes with, with hearing the Lord speak. And of course, he speaks in many different ways to, to each of us. Um, but I love our listeners to hear just different ways of what it sounds like for a person to hear God's voice or to hear or to, or to sense mm. something that's coming from God. So what's it like for you, whether it's in the daily moments or whether it's in the big transitional moments, you can share a story about that, but what's it like for you, Jake, to sense God's direction, hear God's voice? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a, what a mysterious mm -hmm. thing, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, for people who maybe haven't felt that before or experienced that, it's a little bit of a 
yeah, just new territory. You know, how do you describe this mm-hmm. unbelievable um, concept of, you know, hearing from God? And, you know, just to clarify, you know, me personally, and I have heard stories, you know, of people even close to me hearing an audible voice sometimes. And I think there's moments like that as crazy as it can be that, you know, the God of the universe who created all of this mm. can actually speak an audible voice to mm-hmm. us. But when you think about how big he actually is, you know, there's no limit to, you know, what mm-hmm. he could do, especially if he really wants, you know, someone to hear his voice in that way. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, um, when I am personally hearing his voice, it tends to be almost like a very strong feeling mm-hmm. inside of me, mm-hmm. you know, where, um, a desire. Yeah. It's a desire. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. If, if I can't trace back where the thought came from mm. a lot of times and, I, and I'm leaning into God and kind of asking for direction mm-hmm. yep. and I can't really trace back where that thought came from. A lot of times I know, okay, this, uh, is, is from God. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's hard to decipher in certain moments, yep. you know, the, the healthier I think that you are, um, with how consistently you're talking to God in prayer and, uh, reading the word, I think the easier it is to hear his voice because you're training your spirit in that way to be able to, you know, receive. But I think a lot of times that's what it looks like. is just asking that simple question. You know, when you're in a room full of people, you're asking, uh, God, what, what are you saying about this person? You know, what are you wanting me to say to this person? And it's amazing what you do when you ask. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just yeah, takes a yeah. simple question of, mm-hmm. you know, God, what do you think? Or mm-hmm. what are you saying to me? You know, what direction should I go? Mm-hmm. And I think um, um, one more aspect of that is um, the noise that you're surrounded by. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the biggest things is you, the, the world can be filled with noise and distractions. Mm-hmm. And um, that can be phones. It can be Internet. It can be other people. It mm-hmm. can be television. So many things. Um, and I think it's a, it's a hard thing to do, but just the practice of like actually trying to find, um, silent moments to actually hear and create space, Mm, um, is, uh, important as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, let's use that to springboard, um, to talking about this pop band, this, uh, not more than up and coming. I mean, you guys have some serious traction are getting serious attention, mm-hmm. the band Yam House. Um, so, but first, so connecting the pieces, what was it like in your sensing, um, hearing God's voice, sensing God's direction in joining this group? Yeah, that was honestly one of the craziest, uh, moments in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Taylor, I'm sure you remember yeah, some of this. Um, I was working a full-time job post the tour That's that we right. went on. You were at uh, a healthcare company in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and completely left field. Had no experience in this area at all. I studied music in college and yep. <laughs> came back from this tour. And like like I said, I I just asked God and I said, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do next? And I knew ultimately I really wanted to do music, and I mm. felt like I should be doing that. Um, but I, I felt him kind of leading me in a different direction for this next step and, uh, that I shouldn't jump into doing music full time. And so I got a job at this healthcare (laughs) company, uh, working in a cubicle and, uh, it was, it was so different and very opposite of what I dreamed I would do in my Mm -hmm. life. (laughs) But yet I, 
uh, loved it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't dread it every day because there's so many people that I met that I got to become friends with in the time mm-hmm. being there. And a lot of like skills that I learned along the way, mm-hmm. but it, during that process, I just was listening. I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to albums. I was just being inspired, um, mm. knowing that something was coming, but mm. I just didn't know when. Mm. And it was really only seven months into working the job that uh, I got offered a promotion, um, which was amazing, uh, into a different department. It was, you know, from my area to like a finance department and or a sales department. And I, it was a little bit more in my skill set. And I, it was kind of like a no brainer, you know, to take this position, but I just took a moment and I said, I think I need to just pray and fast about this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did, I just, um, you know, prayed and I fasted, I think l- breakfast and lunch, like every, every day for two weeks and just kind of thought this over. Cause I, for some reason, I just didn't feel like I should just say a simple yes, just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was offered this promotion. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that time, uh, I got asked to play a music event on uh, a Wednesday. So during the week, it was during work hours. I had no more PTO left. Mm. Uh, so if I wanted to do this event, then I needed to transition in some way um, mm. because I had already taken enough time off with holidays and stuff. So uh, I felt like I was supposed to quit my job. Oh, wow. So from got, promotion to quitting. Yes. Yes. So here's this promotion. And then I felt like I'm going to put in a two weeks notice oh, and man. just felt so strongly with no clear path mm. of, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Here's, you know, the security afterwards mm. of finance finances or whatever. There's nothing like that. It was just a one day event youth mm. alive. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just felt like I needed to do it. And, wow. um, there's a, there's a hard, some hard conversations with parents who were like their CPAs are like, what are you doing? This is not how you make decisions. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there's a lot there to unpack, but I had, you know, good mentors speaking in to me as well and put in the two weeks and I quit my job and, uh, had no plan of action. The next week I met these three guys at a youth group, um, filling in on drums and, uh, they were starting a band and I knew about it, but didn't know much. And two months later, they asked me to jump into the band. Wow. That's crazy. It's yeah, it was a very surreal experience. Um, and when they asked me, uh, I was somewhat um, starting a band of my own, a cover band, yep. not, not the long term dream, but just starting a cover band mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities to play weddings and. It was a lot of fun. So when the lead singer, Lars, uh, approached me, we met up for coffee and he said, hey, man, um, our band got asked to play a wedding. And we want, first of all, just to get your advice and see if you can give us some direction on, you know, how we approach this. And he's like, two, if you want to play the wedding with us, <laughs> that would be that'd be awesome. Like, we'd love to have you. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll check my calendar. He's like, three, if you want to drop everything else in your life and move to Hudson, Wisconsin and join this band that we're going to do, um, we want you all wow. in. And wow. Was, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it was it was a it was a wake up call for sure. And yeah, I love I love that Lars has the boldness to oh, yeah. ask people he's to great. completely change the direction of their lives in a good way <laughs> which you had already been doing yes you had just dropped your You're job right. that's You're crazy right. and so it was just very surreal the the timing and you know how when god speaks to you um it's for a purpose mm-hmm. and for a reason i had no idea why i was supposed to quit felt like 
he'd been asking me and leading me in the direction of doing music my entire life. And here I am like wondering when it's going to happen. And, you know, right before my eyes, it just felt like there was this opportunity to jump into this pop band, uh, that from these three guys who were just passionate and had Mm -hmm. the same dream, you know, that I did growing up. Yeah. That's That's awesome. What's crazy is I was, um, working at a church and, you know, this is sometime later. You'd been with EM House for quite a bit at this point. I was working at a church, and I saw you guys doing stuff with Youth Alive as EM House. And I was sitting at my desk and just feeling like I, I, I messaged, I think my friend Ethan was running lights for you guys. I messaged him and I said, you have no idea how much I want to be there right now. And it was like that Thursday that you approached me and said, hey, Actually, we're doing it a lot, but there's a couple weeks that we're not. Would you be interested in taking a week of this tour? And it's so crazy because I did not know that the reason you quit your job was for that Youth Alive event. I didn't know that until just now. Wow. And when you had reached out to me about that, I didn't quit my job to do it, but I had asked for some time off and made it work, which led to me, you know, I was putting out an album and then resigned, and then now we're both doing it full time. That <laughs> is crazy. crazy. Which Look is at really that. just crazy. Yeah. That's a cool full circle yeah, moment. Shout out Youth Alive, Richard Youth Alive, Baker. Richard yeah. Baker. It's a great program. It goes into schools, you know, yeah. to, uh, yeah, just put on assemblies for students. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of cool things that, that comes of that. And we do pop music in the schools, yes. which you guys, it's just your bread and butter. And what's cool is that has not been my thing for a while. And now as I've been releasing pop music, um, you guys have been a huge you know, inspiration mentor as well as I've had lots of conversations with you about just direction stuff, management stuff. What does that look like? And so just, yeah, love all four of you guys and your wives and the culture. And it's been, it's been a huge help for me too. So. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So staying on that, um, so Jake, so we've talked about who you are as a person, um, and now you're in this pop band with three other Christian guys, but you guys are, you're not playing churches, you're not playing worship events, you're playing pop music, mm-hmm. um, and then that puts you on a stage, um, you know, with a lot of attention. So, so yeah, how do those two fit together? How how are you, Jake Felso, um uh, in, in this part of life? Mm. I think, uh, yeah, some good questions. (laughs) (laughs) Tough ones. Yeah. I mean, good questions that need to be talked about because I think there's an aspect about, um, people's lives when they're doing very different things and involved in very different things. What I was doing in college and immediately post-college is very different than being in Yam House. But What's cool about us as people is we can still be the same person. <laughs> we can right. still have the same character mm-hmm. and same um, identity, and, uh, and and we do, in fact. And that's what's yep. cool is, you know, I can still be myself no matter where I am, what I'm doing. It's cool. Um, and I think that's the key is, you know, just not changing, you know, how I would do things or how I would approach people or treat people just because I'm you know, working in this different field in different area, even though it's very different than, you know, like the tour that we did, mm-hmm. um, yeah. post-college where we're playing at churches and youth camps and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, me in Yam House is, uh, very similar, but it's a very different environment. I mean, we're not playing, um, churches, we're playing clubs, you know, yeah. we're playing venues 
and outdoor events and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of different things. And so, uh, with that comes meeting a ton of people that I Mm -hmm. would never come in contact with naturally, um, which is an amazing opportunity, amazing experience where Mm -hmm. you get to connect with people that you would have never known, um, you know, before that. And, uh, I think yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to encourage people along the way, even just simple, as simple as the staff that work at a venue who, you know, it's, it may be, you know, a part-time thing where they do it because they love music and they've been doing it for years and might be used to certain artists coming through, um, potentially with egos and maybe not treating them as well, Exactly. but just even as simple as saying thank you Mm -hmm. and opening doors, you know, for people, uh, that are a part of that staff mm-hmm. and that team, um, goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. And, um, I think that is the key is continually seeing the value in people, no matter what environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So it's, I love it. I love mm-hmm. what I get to do. I'm mm-hmm. so cool. grateful every time we get to play a show or have an event or whatever it is. And, uh, can't believe it that I, I get to, to do that. But even more than that, if, mm. if I'm not, um, still doing that and still, you know, being who I am and who I, uh, want to be, then it's, that doesn't really matter, you know? Mm. So crazy. I, um, you know, we've had lots of good conversations about me, you know, being a worship leader, but really just having this feeling to do some pop music and what does that look like and everything. And something that you said is just exactly what confirmed, you know, feeling, um, like it was the right next step for me to do was to release that pop song because, you know, I played with a band. We did a, f- a Christian festival last summer, one of the biggest stages I'd played on really lots of fun. And there was, you know, a green room full of bands, you know, way bigger than us and stuff like that. And I had just, um, you know, this is one example, but, um, I had just get, got talking to a security guard or something. And the fact that somebody who was going to be on stage was willing to just stop and like, Hey, how are you doing with just, you know, people not even being rude, just naturally walking to get their lunch and then leaving, but not acknowledging this dude. He was just like, that made his day. You know what I mean? And I just realized if I'm in a, if, if I can use this type of music, this kind of type of career to do what I love, which then inherently causes people to be looking at me doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I handle that? Well, if I can then take that position and choose to give the people value, like we've talked about mm-hmm. this whole conversation, yep. That just means so much to them because, you know, for whatever circumstance, if they're looking at me like I'm anything Mm. to remind them that I'm just a person and I care about them too, or just choose to be, you know, kind to them just creates this amazing, amazing connection. And that's exactly what you explained. I just affirm everything about that. And so, so, um, so yeah, we've had an amazing conversation with you, Jake. We're wrapping up here. Um, we are, we, we have reached that point in our episode where we bring on our honorary member. And you're only the, okay. you know, a couple, like we said, third, third in-person interview. So we've got a special, special moment coming up here. Let me just, you know, we like to patch him in on the phone. Um, Jake Felsto, here is Billy Bob McCall. Jake? <laughs> is this, is this my hero, Jake Felsto? Hello? Oh my goodness! I can't believe I'm on with the drummer of Yam House, Jake 
supposed to? Oh, my goodness. This is like the greatest honor of my life. Jake, it's such an honor to speak with you. Wow, I didn't I didn't know I was going to be talking to you today. <laughs> oh, man, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. <laughs> long time. This is so amazing. My kids are not going to believe it. They're not going to believe that I'm talking to Jake, the drummer of Yam House. Wow. Well, now, okay, Jake, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Really? For example, I know you don't know this about me. You don't know a thing about me. But I consider myself a, 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 a bit of a prodigy on the drums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is why you're my hero. Oh, wow. Because you got to be like one of the best drummers in the world that I ever heard. I don't know. I haven't heard you play. You might be one of the best drummers in the world. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. But <laughs> even in that, you know, I, I still, I'm wondering if you can help me out since I, since I have this honor of speaking with you. Because I do have... I do have some challenges in trying to understand some of the drum lingo yeah. that's out there, you know. Sure. For for example, playing in the pocket. Okay, so <laughs> when I hear that phrase, playing in the pocket, I'm like, okay, I don't have a pocket big enough to play in anywhere <laughs> in my wardrobe. So could you kind of help me out? Like, what does it mean to play in the pocket? That's a great question, yeah. Uh, it's it's a, not a literal interpretation of pocket that might help you for starters um, oh not- <laughs> well that makes sense that makes sense so what does it mean yeah it's uh it's kind of like feeling the music you know you're sitting in the groove oh yeah of what's happening so when you're playing drums you're yeah you're sitting in the pocket sitting in the groove in the does groove that, does, that, does that make a little bit more sense like a, a groove on, well, on drums i'm getting there a, okay. groove, yeah, a yeah. groove a groove okay so i know <laughs> what a groove is but how do you know like you're in the groove like what's it mean to be in the pocket i mean is it like playing it perfectly or yeah. is it of some you sense <laughs> or yeah it's more of a sensing like okay. you said yeah okay. it's it's kind of it's not a literal in the pocket it's not mm-hmm. playing it mm-hmm. perfectly mm-hmm. necessarily but it's just kind of Sitting right in that groove, the right in the rhythm, in the so sweet spot, in, in the, the yeah, right in the sweet in spot. In the sweet spot, uh-huh. you're not playing ahead of the beat, you're not playing too far behind the beat. Okay, right in the sweet spot. Playing in the sweet spot. Well, why don't you say that for goodness' sake? Playing in the sweet spot would be a much better phrase than playing in the, the- pocket. <laughs> That that resonates with you more? Oh, my, well, it makes sense. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, here's another one that I'm having a problem with. Kicking the hi-hat. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have kicked the hi-hat a time or two, you know, when I wasn't quite playing in the sweet spot. But I'm not sure if that's what kicking the hi-hat really means. Can you give me an idea what kicking the hi-hat? I, I actually haven't heard that one before. <laughs> what? <laughs> kicking the hi hat. I'm I'm teaching you. Yeah, you might I'm be. I'm teaching you. To, ooh, wow. I might have to start taking lessons from you. I'm available. <laughs> I'm expensive, but I'm available. Think, okay, okay. All right. Well, let's let let's uh, have all of our listeners out there look up kicking the hi hat. Find out exactly what that means. What about this one? I don't know if you heard about this one either. But the the word is hairpin. Hairpin. Now, 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 my my sweetheart, Donna Bell, Bobby Sue, Linda Mimic, all, 
she she has a she wears a lot of hairpins all the time, you yeah. know. But I've tried playing with hairpins, and I just don't think that's what it means that okay. you go around playing with hairpins. Have you heard that word? Uh, I've I've heard the word. Is it like some kind of marking or something? I I don't you know, know. I I I don't know if you you might be. Pl- are you sure you're playing drums? Oh yeah! Oh okay. yeah! Oh yeah! Okay. Oh yeah! I'm just checking. I've heard this terminology, <laughs> and like I said, I, I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad to hear it's confusing to you too. That makes yeah. me feel a whole lot better about myself. Okay, I got one last one. That might be lesson number two, by the way. I got, I, I got, I got, I got one last one. I don't know if you're gonna know th- this one, and I, I, I can't even say. You know, kind of. I don't know if I, no, I can even say the word right to describe it because it's one of those what you call um, uh, um, acron acronym. I think the word is acronym. That's a little beyond my education. You know, acronym. Okay. But the word is is gas. G A S. Have you ever heard that acronym gas? Uh, related to to drums. I think I, I think I believe it's more like kind of like the whole big picture like equipment equipment mm. world. Okay. Okay. Do you know what it stands for? Well, I I, I did I did take the initiative of, of looking this one up. You know, because I get access to the internet where I live about once a week. So I did <laughs> look generous. look it up. Yeah. We. Oh my goodness. You should see our place when it comes on. Oh yeah, it's crazy around there. <laughs> Um, okay, so I believe the the the, the words are are uh, are gear acquisition syndrome. Oh, gear okay. acquisition. Can you guys relate? Can you guys Ooh. relate? Gear acquisition syndrome. Yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Gas. Yes. They call that gas. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> oh acronym, man, I like that. I'm teaching the man. <laughs> the student is teaching the man today. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's a real thing. You got to watch out for that. Gas oh, syndrome. I know. It bites me. It bites me. You have oh. a lot of you had a lot of gear. Oh yeah, yeah. And my sweet. Heart, she has a problem when I have gas. Oh, does she? She, she yeah. has a big problem when I have gas. Yeah, on I mul- would too. On multiple levels. <laughs> on multiple levels. Well, it's just been such an honor to talk to you, Jake. Tell all the boys over there at Yam House hello for me. <laughs> and I can't wait till the day I get to see him in person. But more than that, I can't wait to meet you, my hero. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. Thanks. Thanks, Billy Bob. It's funny because uh, I had never heard of gas. But I've got that real bad all the time. Gear acquisition, gear acquisition syndrome. You have gas bad all the time. And what I think is funny is uh, <laughs> how much we talked about loving all kinds of unique people and how kind you were <laughs> to Billy Bob McCall today. So thanks for doing that, Jake. Thank you for your kindness, Jake. That um, is extended to every person mm-hmm. all the time. Thanks, guys. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much, Jake. God bless. We love you, man. Talk mm-hmm. to you later. You can listen to Jake's band Yam House anywhere you listen to music. That's Y-A-M-H-A-U-S. And to get some resources and find out more about Worship is Life, head to worshipislife.org. My name is Jake Felstow, and you're listening to the Worship is Life podcast.